traveled three days and 50 miles closer to a cure for multiple sclerosis. Whether walker or crew, veteran or new, join us as we share news and memories from MS Challenge Walker. Hey, hey, Challenge Walkers, it's Ken Gagney, your host for MS Challenge Talk, a weekly podcast of the National MS Society Greater New England Chapter. This is episode number 12 for Monday, July 23rd. That's episode 12 of 18, which means we're two-thirds of the way from when the podcast aired to when MS Challenge Walk, the event, is held. I want to thank everybody who's been listening to the show so far. I hope you're enjoying hearing the tales of walkers and crew who have engaged in this event before. I know I'm certainly enjoying this opportunity to connect with the MS Society, and I want to connect with you even more throughout the year. The opportunities to do so in person are limited to the walk itself, fundraising, and training events usually. But thanks to online media, as a complement to those experiences, we can connect year-round. And you can do your part by helping get word of this podcast out. If you've been using social media to promote your fundraising, you can also use it to promote this podcast and give people a glimpse into who these people are that you're walking for and what sort of experiences you can have on the Cape Cod Rail Trail walking to find a cure for multiple sclerosis. So if you're no stranger to the interwebs, I'm asking you to help promote this podcast. Get on Facebook and Facebook it out to all your friends. Get get on YouTube and share a video. Share it on Facebook and and Twitter. Tweet it out. Tweet it out with a hashtag. We're on Pinterest, and I I don't really know how that works, but maybe your girlfriend does, so, so get her to pint it. Yeah. And, of course, you can always email me, ken at challengeblog.org. Let me know if you're enjoying the show. Let me know what sort of tips and tricks you're looking to hear. We have a vast archive of blog posts that we've written throughout the years as well. So if you have any questions, chances are the answer's there and I can point you right to it. No need to go Googling the intertubes to find your information when you can just ask me. Speaking of asking, I have some questions for Danielle Kemp, director of the MS Challenge Walk for the National MS Society. So let's get her on the phone and then we are going to be speaking to someone who I frankly was a little intimidated to get on the phone. I'd seen him every year I'd done the walk, and I'd never known his name. And I was a little bit hesitant to demystify the character, but I'm very glad I did, because it was a very powerful interview, and I hope you'll enjoy listening to it as well. Good morning to you, Danielle. Morning, Ken. How are you? Doing well, how are you? Fine, thanks. Have a good weekend? Yeah, it was great. Been on vacation, so this is pretty cool. Nice. <laughs> Speaking of traveling, that brings up a question I've been meaning to ask you. We have walkers from all over the country, Florida, Colorado, California. Do we have any walkers from outside the country? None from outside the U.S. as of right now. We do have a Canadian uh, co-worker from the National MS Society who's going to help staff the event. She works for our Waltham office now. But that's the only international connection we have as of now. But we do have people coming from across the country um, coming to our event. What is the farthest that you think somebody's coming from? Probably California? Probably. We do have some in Colorado, but I think California beats that. <laughs> so nobody from Alaska or Hawaii? Not yet, but we'd love to have them. <laughs> and speaking of traveling, one of the things we did post uh, recently on Facebook and sent an email out to all walkers and crew as well um, is our travel and information guide. So that has all the logistical questions no matter where you're coming from. It tells you where you need to be, when, what hotels you recommend if you're staying um, off 
site from the sea camps and all just the logistical information that you'd need as you're coming up to challenge walk, what to pack, that type of stuff. So take a look at that. You know, it's got answers to pretty much every question you could have. And for first years, it's good to read through and kind of see what you're going to be uh, experiencing throughout the weekend. Right, because it's a very daunting weekend. The logistics for someone who hasn't done this before, they don't understand that. We have this down to a science, and we will take care of everything. But it's still nice to know just what to expect. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to hear you say that. Yeah, we do have it down that you won't have any problems with what's going on. It's just good for you to know what the, what the plan is for you. <laughs> yeah, I've done rides for a couple of different causes, and they're always well run. But I think anyone who has participated in a variety of nonprofit activities like I have will agree with me that the MS Society is one of the – they put on some of the best-run fundraisers there are. Well, thank you. You're quite welcome. Um, and speaking of weekend stuff as well, if you haven't turned in your housing form, please do that. It's due by August 6th. Um, the important thing about that is for you to fill it out even if you're staying off-site because it verifies your emergency contact information as well. So it's a very important form for all three-day volunteers, our crew, and our walkers to fill out. You got my form, right? Yes, I did. Thank you very much. Was I one of the first? No. <laughs> People actually beat you, but um, we do appreciate as they come in, I automatically get a notification that they're coming in. So please make sure I don't have to chase you down for that. We really don't like chasing people down last minute. It's better if it's all in and we can uh, start working on where we're putting you if you are at the sea camps. And what happens if somebody doesn't submit that form? Uh, they get a stern phone call from me to make sure they're still planning on participating. But we try to keep that as low as possible. Really, it's better if you get it in um, and you don't have to worry about all of us at last minute chasing you down. So it ensures that the walkers have... Have housing, yep. And um, if there's any dietary restrictions, that's one of the forms that will uh, ask about that stuff so we can plan our meals. Um, and it also verifies emergency contact information. Since some of you signed up so long ago, we know things can change. So we want accurate information for that weekend. And it also ensures they won't get a call from you. Correct. <laughs> Which they do not want, trust me. <laughs> yeah, I love talking about other stuff, but you don't want me reprimanding you for not turning in a form. <laughs> we wouldn't like you when you're angry. <laughs> All right, then. Well, thank you for those updates. Of course. Thanks for doing this, Ken. Talk to you next week. All right. Hi, is this John? This is. Hi, John. This is Ken Gagney from the MS Society. Ken, how are you today? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? You're not too bad for an old man. <laughs> Only as old as you feel, sir. Well, there are days I feel 90, but other than that, I'm not in bad shape. <laughs> <laughs> is this still a good time to talk? Absolutely. So you are known to all who do the walk as the general. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, do you wish to demystify that? May I call you by your real name? You can call me anything but late for lunch. <laughs> Great. Thank you, John. So how long have you been associated with the MS Challenge Walk? Since the very first one. Wow. All the way back in 2002. And the reason I got into that, we've been involved with the MS Society longer than that. My wife, Paula, who has MS, was diagnosed a little over 20 years ago with it. She got involved in uh, those little 5K walks. Uh, she did a couple Plymouth. Uh, I think there was one in... Brockton, I think. I did a motorcycle ride one year uh, at 
out of Monty's cycle shop in Brockton to run this. But she came to me and said, you know, I think I'd like to try this challenge walk. I said, well, let's do it. I mean, you, you, you want to, you can do it. I'm with you. So we trained, uh, and what we did was we used the Cape Cod Canal road. Uh, we had a, a camper and sandwich, and I'd bike, and she'd walk, and she trained hard for it. So we show up in Plymouth. That's when the first year it started in Plymouth. And I show up, and uh, Deirdre, I don't even remember what Deirdre's last name was, but she was running it, and she said, well, what do you want to do? I said, Deirdre, I don't care what I do. So long as I'm no more than a quarter of a mile away from my wife at any given point in time, because there was a lot of unknowns, you know, with hers. We're not those certain, certain mileage, what, what would be her reaction, what would her body say? So we did that. And, uh, and I, uh, I was no more than a quarter mile away. I'd wait for her, and I'd start cheering people. Come on, hey, you're doing great. Come on. And uh, she finished it. Uh, it was unbelievable watching her finish uh, in Dennis at that, uh, at that elementary school or middle school that we still use. Mm-hmm. I was incredibly proud of her. So what I did, unbeknownst to her, was I got a bunch of hot pink T-shirts that had on it Team Nana. And I gave it to all of her grandkids, her sister, the kids, the two sons, the daughter. They all had it, and they were waiting for her in Plymouth when she finished. And that was great. So the next year, she was not up to doing it. And I said, well, I'm, well let's get involved. She said, okay. So we did. We were volunteers. And they said, well, Keep doing what you did before. You know, that, that worked. Well, it took on a life of its own in these last uh, 10, 10, 11 years. And so that uh, I, I I took the, the role of uh, um, cheerleader and uh, I evolved it to somewhere between the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket and George Patton. Somewhere in between, and we did everything. Uh, I got the, the camouflage shirt, uh, I got a helmet liner with decals all over it. I got a bush hat, and that's how it started. And uh, it's been that way ever since. And uh, I drive around. Uh, I put in a, a bunch of CDs. I have everybody sing anything to give to not to, to so much to distract them, but take away from the fact that they're trying to walk 20 miles. Right? If they can sing, laugh, have some fun, then all of a sudden they look around and say, hey, we walked five miles. Boy, that was pretty good. Let's keep on doing it. And that's where it's gone, Ken, uh, and that's where it is today. And uh, I look forward to doing it. Now, I'm guessing from your demeanor and from your license plate that the general isn't just a character. There's actually some truth to him. Well, there is, uh, and I've been asked about that. No, I did not attain the rank of general. Uh, that was kind of hard to do. I spent three years in the service. Uh, I was drafted in 1966. I had a uh, college degree, so once they drafted me, I said, uh, I think I might want to be an officer. So I volunteered to officer candidate school. I went out to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, uh, in June of 1967, I got commissioned a second lieutenant in the field artillery. 
And in 19, between 1968 and 1969, I spent a total duty in Vietnam. And it's my military experience. So, so not a general. I got as far as first lieutenant. And those people made, those people took, took, took poetic license with me and christened me or promoted me from first lieutenant to general, uh, I think in one year. It was pretty good. So it wasn't you who dubbed yourself the general? No, I didn't, I didn't dub myself the general. I got called the general. I started out, hey, Sarge, how are you doing? Because I thought I might be like a drill sergeant. And then uh, it went to general, and, and I, I embellished it a little bit because I got uh, two stars at an Army-Navy store, and I pinned them on the lapel of my shirt and pretended I was a general. And I told those guys that you can be part of my Army anytime, you know, just to keep the morale high for, for 50 miles in three days. I've seen you in a variety of capacities along the route. I've seen you on your bicycle, in your truck, uh, just standing there shouting at people. What's your favorite way to participate in the weekend? All of the above. Anywhere that I can get close to people. I even, I, I'll spend very little time in the beginning with, with, with those people that are out there. These are the people that are, they're power walkers. And I'll see them at the beginning and give them a little cheer. But I spend more time in the back because those are the people that might not be in the greatest physical condition. They need the most cheering to, to keep on going, um, especially the ones that uh, you find out at the end of the weekend, oh, that person has MS. I didn't know that. Wow. That even makes it even, even more important for me to keep doing what I'm doing. So any of those three... If I can get people to, to sing along with me, if I'm driving by, uh, that's fine. Or if I come up from behind people on the bike and they say, well, we missed you. Where have you been? I say, well, you've got a lot of people strung out, so I'm back. Anything that I can do in any capacity to make those three days uh, not so much enjoyable, but uh, they can accept that the fact that they're doing this. Uh, they're not trudging all by themselves. Somebody's going to show up and tell them they're doing a great job. I tell the girls, girls, uh, remember, guys like girls that sweat, so you guys, you girls are going to be in love. The guys are going to love you because they love guys, girls that sweat. And everything else. So I have fun. Do you have any particular memories of specific individuals who you could tell you'd made a difference to? Yeah. Uh, miles for Smiles. Uh, Heather... I can't think of Heather's last name. That'd be Heather Hancock. Heather Hancock. She has MS. And uh, she's my buddy. She really is my buddy because she struggles. And uh, I can remember sitting with her out at uh, East Ham. And she was struggling with the fact that she might not be able to finish or she might need a wheelchair. You know, and I sat with her for about 10 or 15 minutes one year. And my emphasis was, you realize there are an awful lot of people that are on the sidelines watching this, but you're not one of those. You're one of the ones that get involved, and you're involved. Yeah, you're involved because you have MS. But if you didn't have MS, Heather, you'd be involved in something else. That's the nature of you. But what you got to do is you got to accept what you have and the limitations you have. And you know... Anybody with MS, when you start to push yourself, you're going to get in trouble. Your body's not going to be able 
Not like me. I, I ran marathons. I could push myself if I, if I hit the wall. You guys can't. So when you accept that, don't look at it as, as, as a defeat. No, never look at it as a defeat because you've already got 20 miles, 30 miles behind you already. That's a victory. And she ended up, they ended up in a wheelchair and she did the last 10 miles on a wheelchair. And she was okay with it. That, and, 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 and the thing I look forward to, Ken, is when I go back to see the people that are still coming back. You see the T-shirts the, uh, that someone would say, I'm the FNG. Have you seen that T-shirt? I have. I think that's the pain power walkers. Yeah. Well, that, that's a military expression. It's, it's expletive delete new guy. And that's what we refer to in the military when someone new showed up. So one year, uh, the mother's son, and I said, ah, you're the FNG, huh? And he laughed. The next year, they showed up, and he had a T-shirt and said, I'm not the FNG. And he had his girlfriend, no, not his girlfriend, a friend and a friend's girlfriend, and their T-shirt said, I am the FNG. And that's evolved. And I think the last time they were, there were like eight or ten of them which started out with just the sun, and now there's eight or ten of them. And that's what makes it so Why is it that you participate in the MS Challenge Walk as opposed to the other events the MS Society does? What makes the Challenge Walk special? Oh, I did, I did others, too. Oh, okay. For 18 years, I was part of the Great Mass Getaway. Oh. Uh, I had a team, and a team, the team's name was Paula's Pedal Pushers. We, uh, we did it for eight straight years. Uh, one, the first year I did it, uh, the whole team, uh, we did a, a century on the first day and uh, the 75 the next day. And that first year I did it was one year to the day I had my left knee replaced. Oh, wow. And uh, I have a picture of me finishing in Provincetown that I showed my doctor when I took my one-year checkup a few weeks later. He said to me, you ride on the, on the roads? I said, yeah, I do, George. Well, I thought you did a stationary bike. I said, no. I said, don't worry, George. I wear a helmet, and anything I break, you can fix. So I did it for eight years. Then I wanted something different, and that's when I, uh, and I started hiking. And I did, uh, the last two years, I did uh, a section of the Appalachian Trail hiking uh, for my fundraiser. So I've done that. Uh, I did the vineyard one year, that, that bike around the vineyard. I did that one year. Uh, the challenge walk because uh, of, of, of my bride, uh, you know, she she worked so hard that first year. She couldn't do it again. Uh, we go out and walk, and she gets out to about three miles, four miles, and that, that right leg of hers decides, well, I think I'm going to slow down and, and not function real well. It'll drag a little bit. But that's my connection, man. Pardon me for a moment. It's just uh, some of this hits kind of close to home. My mom has MS, and I can understand a little bit of what you're going through. You know, a lot of people don't. You know, and I, and I don't. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't claim to be any anybody in particular. I'm nobody. I'm just. A, I'm an average guy. But caregivers are a special breed, and I've seen that when I watch. I watched uh, there's one woman who, her, I think it's her brother, she pushes her, she pushes her sister around. And I see all these 
these people that are caregivers, and I know exactly what they're going through. Uh, one year, I gave away a couple of copies of a book called Saving Millie. A guy named Morton Kondrakian, he's one of the capital group political analysts. His wife had Parkinson's, and he wrote a book about it, and it was from a caregiver's standpoint. So one year, I gave away three or four copies of the book, and I told someone, when they're done with it, give it to somebody else. And I don't know where the books are now, but it gives the role and what us caregivers go through. Because there's an awful lot of uh, people with diseases like MS or Parkinson's or something like that. They're the caregivers of the spouses. They leave. They can't take it. That's a tough thing. And, and I, I keep my life has said to me on numerous occasions, why do you keep doing it? I said, hey, I didn't sign on just for the good time. I signed on for all the time. And then that's what we do. Yeah. That's really powerful. Um, I'm a blessed man. Uh, I uh, am an absolutely incredible woman for, as a wife. I have a great family around me, friends. Uh, and uh, I take every one day at a time, uh, and, I, and I make sure that I, at the end of the day, I say, well, I had a good day today. I did this, and I did that, and I did a good thing, and I helped this person out. And that's what keeps me going. Nothing for me. I could care less. You don't have to give me anything. Just let me be able to be available to somebody who might need some help. That's, all. that's really all any of us can do. I belong to an organization I have for 28 years. That's how we live, one day at a time. I have to be of maximum service to others. And that keeps me on the straight and narrow and keeps my head straightened on and head clear and uh, gives me a purpose every single morning when I get up. Does your family participate in the walk? Does Team Nana still exist? Uh, my son Peter did the, uh, you know, he, he, uh, he got me... Tongue-in-cheek, he had me angered that year. Tongue-in-cheek, because he did the 100-miler on a mountain bike. He stopped at a friend's cottage at Mile Standish, took a swim, had lunch with a couple of beers, and still finished that 100 miles a lot quicker than I did. And I said, I hate you. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, he's, uh, he's, he's not participating in it. Um, when we they had a, a rest stop uh, right at the... Uh, the Sagamore Beach end of the uh, Cape Cod Canal Road for the uh, bike ride. Our daughter and a couple and two and her two two sons, my two grandsons, would be at that water stop, and they'd be cheering Grandpa on, and uh, you know they they would participate. We're involved in some way or another. Yeah. Well, it's good to have somebody cheering you on, since you spend so much time cheering everybody else on. My satisfaction, you know, is, is, is when it's all that uh, is like Saturday night when uh, when I see, you know, I hear the stories about people and, and their struggles, uh, or I see uh, people show up that are family members of people that have MS, what they do. You know, you hear stories like what Tom has uh, been around every, every year. Nobody in his family has it. A, a worker of his came to him, I don't know, eight or nine years ago and said she had MS and would she do some funding? How many did the funders? He does the walk now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's, it's fantastic uh, that the people uh, you run into and you meet here. 
and they inspire me. They inspire me to do to do as, the best I can to make these make these three days somewhat bearable. You know, I keep telling people: all your blisters go away, your sore muscles go away, but my pride damn ass doesn't go away. So we just put that into perspective and just keep on going, and that's what they do. They keep on going. And in a week or so, everything will heal. The blisters will turn to calluses. The muscles will start feeling better. Uh, and uh, then they look back and say, boy, that was a fantastic weakness. Mm-hmm. And if I played a tiny little part of that, then I'm, I'm, I'm a happy camper. And we'll keep walking until MS does go away. And then, just like you told Heather, we'll find something else. You know, I said that to, I think I said it to Jack one year. You know, I said, Jack, you know, if we find a cure for MS, that's phenomenal. But you know what we'll do the next year? And he looked at me and he said, yeah, we'll find something else. Because we don't sit on the sidelines. We can't sit on the sidelines. We've got to be part of the idea of uh, people just uh, all about me. Well, it isn't all about me. I realized uh, years and years ago that I'm no longer the center of the universe. <laughs> I'm part of and to be part of, I gotta, I gotta participate. I gotta be there. I gotta be in the middle of things. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. Well, there are some people who might not be there if it weren't for you. We really appreciate your contributions and your time. As long as the good Lord is willing, uh, to quote Charles Lockwoodera, who used to be the fish jockey at WPCN, the creek don't rise, the good Lord is willing, and we don't have a meltdown, we'll do it again this year. <laughs> so we'll see you on the trail this fall then? Absolutely. You, you'll see me again. I'll show up and I'll scream, uh, you know, uh, uh, good morning, walkers. <laughs> you know, I'll look around and, you know, come over. Like, almost like they've been waiting for me, but I've been waiting for them. We'll hear you before we see you. You will. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time, General. We really appreciate it. Hey, Kenny, anytime. Give me a shot. Take care. Will do. Thank you, sir. Good night. Wow. Thank you, General. That was an amazing interview, and I much appreciate your time. And I'm sure your bride appreciates your time on the walk as well, so thank you. Let's take a look at this week's event calendar. We have several training and fundraising opportunities for you to take advantage of. The first one is on Thursday, July 26th at 6.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Paint Bar on Washington Street in Newtonville. This is a fundraiser to benefit Team Walkie Talkies. This is a venue that encourages you to explore your artistic side. They will give you all the materials and instruction you need to paint, if not a work of art, then at least a work of art to you. It's sure to be a fun time, and tickets are only $35. You can register online, and $10 of every ticket will be donated back to Team Walkie Talkies. Two days later is Saturday, July 28th, and it's going to be a busy day for the MS Society with three events. The first one is hosted by the MS Society itself and that is taking place at D.W. Fields Park in the Avon-Brockton area. Starting at 8 o'clock a.m., you're invited to engage in this training walk. If I recall correctly, the walk is a figure eight, and you can walk the circles as many times as you like. That can be a few miles, it can be 10 miles, it can be 15 miles. There will be volunteers from the MS Society there to help you along the way, and there will be bottled water as well. So this is a great opportunity to meet some other walkers and train alongside them. Later that day, Team Cindy's Angels is having a fundraiser at 6 o'clock p.m. in Auburn, Massachusetts on Southbridge Street. This is at the Auburn Elks Lodge, and they are asking for a $25 donation, which will get you an evening of dinner, DJ music, dancing, raffles, a silent auction, a candy buffet, balloon creations, and much, much more. 
That sounds like a lot of fun, and it'll be more fun if you're there. So go ahead and register for Cindy's Angels Fundraiser at the Auburn Elks. Competing for your attention that evening is an event being hosted by Team DEA at another Elks Club, this one in Weymouth, Massachusetts. On Saturday, July 28th at 8 p.m., you are invited to an evening with the R-rated hypnotist, Frank Santos Jr. Tickets are $20 a person and include music, dancing, raffles, and Frank's show. Tickets are limited, so you're encouraged to call ahead to get yours. Details about this event and all events listed on the MS Challenge Talk podcast can be found on our website at challengetalk.org slash calendar. And if you have an event of your own that you'd like us to plug on this show, you can go ahead and submit it. Just take a look at our calendar and look for the link that says Submit an Event. Whether you're hosting a training or a fundraising opportunity, you're listening to the show, or you're talking about us on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, or elsewhere, we much appreciate having you as a part of our community, and I look forward to seeing you in just a little more than a month. In the meantime, thanks for listening to MS Challenge Talk. Keep walking and keep smiling. This has been MS Challenge Talk. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.challengetalk.org.